let's get started with what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? So, welcome. We're, we're going to have a bit of a frolicking episode on this one because I haven't written a program before. We're frolicking. Let's frolic. We're going to frolic. No, um, Fright Fest uh, Digital Edition has just ended. Today was the second day that Dandelions played. Uh, we had some really good feedback from, uh, mostly from parents. That's why I explained to my wife. I said parents really understood that film and, and kind of mm. got where I was coming from. I don't know how everybody else felt. I got a lot of congratulations from people who know me as a filmmaker and people who have known me for a while. So thank you so much, everybody. It really was just absolutely epic for me. But um, before I get too much into talking a little bit about Fright Fest and Dandelions, and then we are going to talk about the star of today's show, which is going to be A Ghost Waits, which Ed saw for the first time um, yesterday. And I we are looking forward Ooh. to talking about. Oh, yeah. So bef- I have feelings. But before we get into that, let me just um, first give you the background on everything you should be checking out. The website is updated now, www.lovevictoriaproductions.com. You can find absolutely everything there. I've spent all weekend while I was texting, messaging, and talking to friends, doing all this stuff. But it is now ready to go. And anything you need to know about LVP, you can find out on that website. Always check out our production journals. That tells you kind of where we're at with the state of kind of what we're doing and what we're working on. Funnily enough, that changed today. So next week I will put out another production journal <laughs> to tell you what I've been working on in the meantime. But um, for the most part, that sets out all of our projects and what we're doing. You can also get a hold of us via social media on Facebook. We have Love Victoria Productions page. And then Edward and I both have a page for ourselves. On Instagram, we are a nano LVP or Jazzy J Shiro. On Twitter, which I was busy on the week. Twitter, you've got at Mouth Love Victoria or Ananoski Prod. Um, LinkedIn, we are also on with a company page. Ed has a page. I have a page. If you want to know about my day job, that's where you can find out about what I do when I'm not, um, you know, doing everything film. And it really is becoming one or the other. Like when I'm not working, this is what I'm doing. So um, that is pretty much what I do when I'm working. At any rate, let's talk. And, and sorry, just to rant slightly more, Ed, but let's talk a little bit about Bright Best Digital. Yes, let's. Um, a I just celebration of Fright Fest. It was, and and for me, it worked. Yeah, how, how, how was it? Let me ask you. Let me let me lead. Yeah, bit. get some questions here. Yeah, I yes. I listen for two reasons. I loved it. One is mm. most people don't know about me, but are finding out in COVID. I am an introvert. Okay, mm. you don't know that about me because I'm always really nice to people. Okay, like that's just my way, and and I'm not really a nice guy, and so. I hide the fact that I'm an introvert from lots of people because I just don't think people generally like introverts and I like to be liked by other people. So, but listen, Fright Fest is perfect for an introvert. I was, you know, the first night, I think because the movies ended, uh, because my wife wanted to go to bed upstairs, I took the Apple TV downstairs and watched on my couch. I watched Sky Sharks. It was for me the only way I would have ever watched Sky Sharks because Sky Sharks was this Nazi shark film that, you know, people were like, oh, I would have walked out of that. And it was like, listen, man, like, or, or lady. Like, um, I totally get that. It's just all these films fill a niche, you know? Like, if you watch, actually, the clapboard jungle, you see them getting the green light at Cannes for Sky Sharks. Like, you're literally there when they're like, you guys have just got the deal. Listen, (laughs) it doesn't have to be your cup of tea. It is somebody's cup of tea. It was my cup of tea when I'm on my couch. Like, Mm. sorry, I love guilty pleasure crap films like that. Mm. And yes, it was an exploitation film. It had Nazi sharks, it had... 
Jesus, it was like borderline porno at times, but but that's 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 very much in the spirit of film festivals, right? Like I guess like you're yeah. gonna see out there stuff. No, and that was my thing. Like I totally get the fa- the fact that that some f- women felt like this is degrading. Like totally get that. Okay, like not saying that porn doesn't degrade women. Just saying like for the sake of sitting on my couch for an hour and a half and um, you know having a good time. Like I enjoyed it. I really did. Now that being said. During that film, I watched probably the first half hour, and then I was right away on working on the website, doing like mm. the millions of things doing I was doing stuff. behind yeah. the scenes. And I love that too. So the second reason that I liked mm. Fright Fest Digital is because I got to continue to be a producer while mm. the festival was going on. I don't often get yeah. to do that. Like the difference in the, you know, I've already booked the hotel nights. That's how ahead of things I was for October. But the difference will be is, you know, when I have meetings and things like that, like I still won't watch most of the films because I have right. so many you things I have to do. Get to enjoy, and you and you also want to hang out with people at the pub or well, and then and know. yeah, and then you go to the pub and like you know, I don't drink very often, guys. Again, something most people wouldn't know about me, but I don't drink very often. But at Fright Fest, I do because it's part of the business there. Like if I'm hanging out with exactly. everybody. I'm going to have a pint or five or ten with everybody. Yeah. And that's why sometimes on a Saturday you see me like literally stumbling back to my uh, my hotel room. And then you're definitely going to miss the first film in the morning. Exactly. Day, like, guaranteed. So, because I always stay at the place that's got the McDonald's around the corner that I get delivered. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's the Jason way. That's my that's, that's my nice. brunch at Bill's, you know, is my McDonald's delivered at 11 o'clock, <laughs> even though I could have just walked there and got it quicker. Um, nice. So that's the difference. And so I really enjoyed it. I mean, I had my computer up and I had all the social media up and I was talking away. I mean, God knows I spammed the hell out of you guys this weekend. So... Fright festers so, love you guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me ask then: uh, Do you do you think that it's maybe something that they could do in tandem, that uh, they could do the, the you know the festival where where everyone kind of goes, but also have the digital version as well? Yes, I think Alan's words at the end of you know Dark Stories was the last one. It was a good film. Um, but Alan's words of leaving because they always do like a leaving message were that mm. they were going to do the physical and the virtual because. Obviously, nice. tickets are going to be extremely limited. Um, yeah. 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 That's going to be fun trying to get those tickets, but they're going to be extremely limited. And and some people might just not want to come down. I mean, that's the other right. thing. So this, you know, this is kind of one of those, as long as the tech works and it did for me, it, you know, the, the, yeah. the only thing that happens is on the Apple TV app, it dropped out a couple of times, but the workarounds took less than 30 seconds and then you're back mm. online again. So it really wasn't the end of the world to me. When Dandelions and A Ghost Waits was playing, I had two running at the same time, just in case one went down, I would bring up the other so I could keep mm. watching. Um, mm. But no, the, the format works, and then you get your, you know, it was 65 for the weekend, and you get your choice of stuff. So I just don't see why they wouldn't do it, because it's like, the only thing I would say is open it up outside the UK, so open right, the region yeah. locking. But that was a problem with... I think if I understood, because I'm not a, a film festival director, I say yet, because I, I, it's another thing I've kind of been like, oh, I could, I could try this. This is fun. Um, <laughs> but I, I think for licensing reasons, you know, the premieres had to be right, UK premiere and, stuff like and they that. didn't yeah, want yeah. a premiere in the US yet. And um, you know how right. that goes with film festivals. Like it is a big deal. When yeah. I, I gave out a private link to my family because they couldn't watch, obviously, Dandelions. And I had to be like, please, for the love of God, do not distribute this because I lose my... Yeah. I lose my premiere status if if you share this, you know, publicly. So as of yet, we haven't had a U.S. premiere. Uh, I mean, you can see the one minute version on YouTube, which has created another problem. I'm now also getting the bottom of the joys of IMDb. Let me tell you guys, like, I thought IMDb would be easy. It's not. Mm. 
It's really complicated. It's not simple. Yeah. I created, basically, because we had two releases, right? We had a release for the online horror film festival, which was in June. And then this was the second release. of the. This is the first time people have seen the five-minute cut. Well, I wanted to let them know that because you kind of feel like you're on being inspected. So you're like, I didn't want them to think like, well, it's already premiered. And then you're talking about another premiere. So I said premiere both. And then they put it in as, first of all, I wasn't the first Dandelions for this year. So I'm Dandelions Roman numeral, small Roman numeral two. And then again, mm. Dandelion, Small Room in Normal 3. And I'm just like, <laughs> not really how I wanted to appear on IMDb, yeah. but why we have two of these. So, And the worst part is I don't really know how to get a hold of them and be like, can you just delete the three and keep the yeah, two? It's not, like, it's not super easy. I will say that. Once you have to like start uploading your stuff and, you know. Slowly, IMDb. slowly. So now if I, you... I, I, IMDb and Amazon don't exactly care very much about the little guy. No, and, and it's funny, actually, I was, before I went through this process, I was going to chastise you, Ed, because, I, you know, your name appears as, like, Ed Burgos 2, Ed Burgos 3, it's the same Ed Burgos, guys, it's him. It's just, he, I've asked I've asked people to, because it's up to the person who's uploading the film to connct the film to your yeah, correct Yeah, yeah, like, thing. Well, and you, if people you, don't do it. You, no, 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 but I can show you, see, getting better at this, so I can show you what we can do that you can click on your name and make the changes. It's all supposedly oh, okay. easier under IMDb Pro, but then you yes. have to pay for no, it. And I just exactly. don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not at that level yet. When I can get my Soho House membership, then IMDb Pro will get its membership as well. But mm. as of yet, we do not have, you know, a thousand bucks that we can put towards that membership. So just saying, guys, if anybody's got a thousand bucks. all right so capping that up yeah i love the digital edition i thought it was great what i would if i were to put it in its best possible format though what i would say to the fright fest guys if you listen to this podcast at all and and you probably will because i'm going to drop it in the fright fest forum group think of it as possibly being for a market like fright fest still doesn't Mm. do a market and you Mm. could i mean frontiers is doing really really cool things now in belgium and other places why not let Fright Fest have a, make it a small market, you know, 200, 300 people, but that could be done all online. I would love to jump in and out of Zoom meetings to mm. talk about what I'm working on and why I think somebody should buy it oh, and I then like go that. watch like a that. film. And it just, like I said, it suited me a lot more than it suited my compatriots who were just kind of mad we aren't, weren't all hanging there or had gone to somebody's house to like, to mm. watch it. Um, mm. Hence the reason we wanted to kind of set it up at the stag because that's what would happen there. It would have had just a bunch of people kind of show up but hey ho like things happen don't get me started yeah um but uh so w- uh, any particular highlights obviously aside from your first film yeah so what what like, were debuting <laughs> what were the really good films like a ghost weights obviously because that's going to be what we focus this this podcast on once we get to it um i liked dark stories which was a french english collaboration at the mm. end what was the 20, 24 hour shift or the 12 hour shift 12 that, hour shift that's it. you know I'm, I'm gonna be honest about 12 hour shift i was working while that was on and i knew i shouldn't uh-huh. have been and it was so good ed that by the yeah. end like because becky was watching it with me as well and by the end like the computer was down and i was watching because i wanted to know nice. what was going on it was you know a really, that's a good movie right when, it, was when really, it like makes you pay attention well the reason at first i didn't like it is it was a slice of life film okay and the right. problem is it's a slice of life film in arkansas and like can i just say like because of the way people are really acting in these places because i come from somewhere like arkansas and then i was like <laughs> watching and i was like actually it's a pretty good story actually this really could happen 
actually and the problem was it was so realistic it is something i could totally see happening like down the road for me in batavia you know what i mean as 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 a means to an end because people are trying to get things by and it's like then it started gripping me a bit more and by the end of it i was so into the thing i was like this is great i wonder what happens to these nurses so mm-hmm. yeah it's just that's how it does it that wasn't just the story there was a lot of really good camera technique and a lot of fun camera things that they did with it okay that's mm-hmm. another thing i i liked versus that film where other people weren't doing that like listen you got the camera you're telling the story it, 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 it i don't know i mean if, if you're that excited if you finally got the money to get on set and make a film man if it were me like, have some fun with the goddamn camera. Like, yeah, that's what you're you, there you'd, for. You'd, you'd be surprised. I remember doing this exercise uh, in a in a class um, where uh, they showed us uh, the same short film, so the same script shot by, like, five different directors. Hmm. And it was, like, fascinating to see, like, the choices that some people made or the choices that they didn't make, you know? Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like be adventurous, you know, like don't feel like you're, you're restricted by no, anything. It's just, I, I don't know. And, and that was the other thing. So the other two things that I enjoyed were the horror crowd and the clapboard jungle because they were geared towards filmmakers and clapboard jungle, especially like I, I just, you know, I said, I friend requests and everything for the guy, like, and he's doing well now, but it starts out. It is so depressing, but <laughs> It's the reality dose, I feel, like, you gave me that when we first met. And, like, you were the one who explained, like, you're full of fire, Jason, and you like to get done, things done quickly. However, the film world doesn't operate on that time scale, And everything happens long. And I really burnt out my first year. You know, that's why there's year one. There's kind of a silent year two where, you know, we were working in the background on Shredders but hadn't shot Shredders yet. We had a couple other things. But most other projects kind of fell by the wayside. And then we came back again in 2019 slash 2020 with what we're doing now. But mm. I mean, I just was really disillusioned really fast because it was mm. like, wow, like how does anyone get anything done in this industry? So mm. this talks about follows one guy and his friends and like, oh, it was just really nice. Like it was it was well made. It was well thought out. And as like the heartlifting ending where he finally gets kind of the films he want greenlit. And it's it's you know, it's because he keeps trying so hard at it. So that I really enjoyed because when you're working like I was like I I I just to explain like what I mean when I say I was working the website I should have done it the week I was off but I was busy like with trying to hang out with my family I still had work to do for my day job even though it was my week off like it's the way my life goes so I just didn't get around to it and there was a lot to do so on the Thursday once I found out and I found out the Thursday night I'm pretty sure the Wednesday you know that dandelions was actually going to play then it was like, well, the website has to be the website had to be ready for the premiere because mm. my hope was, and I do think some people came because the traffic was up yesterday, that mm. on the back of the film, people will go to the website and say, like, mm. well, who is this company called Love Victoria Productions? And what do they do? Um, and so it had to be perfect by then. And so let's see. Thursday, Thursday was all right. Thursday I just worked all night. So I worked about four in the morning, went to bed, got up at seven because the kid needed me up for something. But then Friday night, I passed out at my computer. And then Saturday, again, I passed out at my computer. My wife was getting a bit worried. And I was like, well, it's just because I'm trying to push. Like, I got to get this so all done. Were you, were, you, were you getting the films in as well as kind of getting getting the work done and stuff? Yes. So I'd be up in the bedroom. You know, I have a bedroom basically at the top of my house. So that's, I'm on the second floor in my bedroom. And that's where my wife kind of said, that's your spot, you know, for the festival. Because I want to be able to use the TV downstairs. And so I was upstairs 
And yeah, I just had my MacBook with me, which is like, God knows for indie filmmakers, your MacBook becomes like an extension of you. Um, and I had uh, a bunch of lists. I was making lists of like all the Dirty 20 videos and how they need to be categorized. And then I had to take the, the what are you guys talking about these podcasts, categorize those. Then I had to look at our films and say in our projects and say, which ones am I going to put on the website? Which ones are in development? Because we have more in development than what appears there. But so, those are all the ones um, that are like actively. Usually at Fright Fest, correct me if I'm wrong, there's like four slots a day, right? Yes. Like four film slots. Yes. This time around, how is it still four slots, right? It was it was similar. It, it followed the Glasgow pattern more than it followed the the, the like the the big events. The so it stage, had the yeah, Thursday yeah. night. The Sky Sharks was not an official fright fest. Whatever it was, just offered as like a teaser to get mm. in there. They do that at Glasgow as well. If you show up on the Thursday night, you can watch whatever they've got. I still always remember the only reason I showed up to the forest guys was because Natalie Dormer was talking and I'm sorry Becky like <laughs> I just wanted to say hi to her because I'm that kind of guy that if she shows up at Fright Fest I'll be like hey what's up that's, um, a, that's, that's just cool though like, yeah because it's one of the cool things of going to like a film festival is yeah i just wanted to, to people, i wanted to hang you know. with her for five seconds and uh then we got the video of being like so sorry i couldn't make it losers uh but uh <laughs> you know and then the film was terrible so you're like ah, oh, that's why she didn't come because <laughs> she didn't want us to tell her her film was terrible so you know like that didn't happen so i didn't do the thursday last time i went to Glasgow, but the Thursday night was like that. The Friday was only a, like an evening program. So it started at six or seven, I want to mm. say. So that was a bit different. Usually that would be a full day of programming. Right, and right, then right. and then the Saturday and Sunday were pretty much as it would be. And the Monday was as it would be. They always end a bit early well, on the Monday. One of the things that I sometimes struggle with at film festivals is you you do feel like you have to go to, to so many films and you feel a little bit burnt out. And I, I can imagine that the digital edition was just so much easier to navigate you know like yeah. don't feel that burnout i just think you need to go to more film festivals my my first five years oh, tr of going tr to trust me I've, I've i've gone to a lot of film festivals dude yeah and that's... it's always uh like uh like maybe maybe i haven't been to great film festivals but it's usually quite a slog yeah i don't i don't know like my first god knows that was what when i when i hung out with gary and steve my first two fright fest friends four guys i haven't seen them in years but um they were surprised because I went to every film. I went to every single film. And uh, the second year, I think I did the same thing. Then I ran into Miss Bonham, Katie Bonham. And Katie was like, you know, Katie and I were just kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but she always made things cool. And so mm. it was like, Jace, it's not cool to go to all this, all the things. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, why is it not cool to go to all this stuff? I like watching the shows. Like, wouldn't you rather be drinking at the bar with your friends? And the problem was, like, after, yeah, yeah, I was. Like, after she sold me on it really well, because there's always a group of, like, 10 people at the bar yeah. after the last, after the first, like, two films. Yeah. And, like, then I think by my third year, it was like, I didn't even really bother showing up for the first film. Because it was like, mm. yeah, I never get yeah. up in time for that. Yeah. I would shoot through and then be off to the bar. I would occasionally drink at the midnight screening, like, the really late screening, the one from 11 mm. to 1. There may be one night out of the five days that I was like, I'll do that instead and then go home and get some sleep. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, when I, when I used to when I used to go to the Busan Film Festival, we used to go twice a year. We'd go to the main one and then we'd go to the short film festival as well, because um, I had a lot of friends in Busan as well that, that kind of helped mm. organize it and stuff. But um, yeah, man, like it, it, it can like it's expensive to, to a certain degree. Unless you're you're lucky and like your your buddy 
like gives you a, a pass to the Busan Film Festival. That was like the best year, by the way. Are, are you my... talking about? Are you talking about Busan International, the big one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh wow, Ed. Yeah, that's yeah. in Clap or Jungle. So his film actually premiered. Oh, cool. He he goes goes crazy about the crowds there, and I was like, yeah, the crowds would be huge. You know, like Korea it's loves a, its cinema. A lot of fun, man, and I love the um the the the, the they, they built a whole like complex and stuff. But anyway, back to Fright Fest 2020. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It was it was everything I need to be to catch up with everybody. You know, October will be really cool as long as we all get to do it. And and there is still this kind of, you know, it's especially on, I, I was on this panel. I mean, I wasn't on the panel. I watched the panel from my friend Rosie, who's, uh, she's now, I think she's now head editor at Den of Geek. When, when did that happen, Rosie? Like, you were a digital spy for years. And then all of a sudden I turned around and it was like, oh, by the way, here's your friend who's editor of Den of, Den of Geek. And I was like, cool, that works. But she hosted a, a COVID-19 lockdown one, which it was unfortunate because I, I don't think people really had a ton to say other than like, yeah, COVID is really making it difficult right now to kind of predict how you want to come out with things. There was a writer on um, that he was interesting to listen to, a U.S. writer. There was the guy who did host um, who's just like, God knows, like, good for you, man. Like, we all sat around thinking about it and actually... There was a, sh- a trailer for another COVID-19 film, like basically a lockdown film that's going to be coming out. But you were the first. And so I'm not sure anyone's going to be able to capture the light from you. And good on you, man. Like it, we all sat around thinking, like, should we do this? Should we like I, I, you know, I'll put my hands up that I made excuses. And it was like I made a, you know, if, if you want to check out my COVID film, man, it was the, the 30 second or sorry, the five minute dandelions that played. So it doesn't really hold a candle to host. But uh but good on you is what I'm saying. And he was there kind of talking about how he came up with the concept. And I did love the way he talked about, because I was telling you this, Ed, today, like he had this really good line about reverse engineering scripts. So some people always like, the problem with some people is they read Save the Cat and they read The Strategic Producer. These are all books that I've read that that kind of helped me. And it does have like a path. There's a formula there. It says, do this, do this, do this, do this, then do this. The problem is in filmmaking, it isn't really a, always a straight line like it's a loop sometimes and it's like people don't get that that you don't sometimes you have a script and it won't work so you're gonna have to reverse engineer that script with what can you make work that's better than just pushing forward with a script that doesn't work you know what i mean like i don't know he talked a, a while about that and i really enjoyed kind of him explaining that for him he had all these vfx and special effects friends and he just started calling in favors and then came up with the script based on those favors and it's like yes that's really how you should do it like because then you know the script will match with what you're able to do the problem you have if you do it the other way and i just made this mistake myself with with a script i was working on is then you look at the budget for your script and you're like oh dear never mind this script isn't really (laughs) going to work it's going to have to be something a bit different so so that was i mean that was really cool And, and and the panels plus the videos plus the plus the being able to be home was just for me perfect like Great little five-day, you know, vacation. The fact that my film played probably made it epically more awesome. Holy shit. We need to talk about this. Why are we talking about everything else? How, come on, describe the feeling, like... Well, yeah, I'll blog this week about it, because I I do tend to, you know, I did that when we did uh, Horror on Sea, and that was because I I think I can put it into words better than I can put it on, on the podcast. But briefly, what I'll say is this, like... I promoted the hell out of it, so I was comfortable with the film. Like, it's one of those things that, like, I'm not a kind of person that's ever going to tell you I don't like my own films. Like, why would I? Why would I promote them if I didn't like them? So I was going over the moon to people to say, you have to watch this. Just check it out. It was made with a Pixel 3 and an iPhone 10, 
and damn, it looks good for what we did. So I was very confident going around to people saying, are you going to watch it? Yeah, checking up with friends, being like, is everybody sending the link to the family that couldn't watch it, being like, make sure you post about this over the weekend so people are on it. I was doing my job. Like, that's that's as a producer, that creates the buzz. I was even jumping on, like, other people's conversations because I fancy, I thought they'd fancy the film. So it'd be like, hey, no, that's not what I think about that. But, uh, oh, by the way, you know, my film's playing tomorrow. <laughs> so- Hashtag selfless plug. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, pretty um, much. Don't but, get me wrong. Right, but you, 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 you doing the producer stuff, and and but like, give us a sense of the the the, the feeling, you know, like the right. So then, you know, the artist, well, no, in you, the director. Yeah, the, but I guess that's why everything. I, I was very much, you know, treated as the director this weekend by my fam. Like, yeah. first of all, like the thing's oh, all about sweet. the thing's all about my daughter. So I had to kind of pamper her a bit as well and be like listen right. you're the star of the you're show the star, she, yeah, she yeah. really is like that wouldn't have come together had she not done such a great job acting on it so mm-hmm. you know like i had to make sure that she was you know and that the family because we had a lot of pictures of her and saying and it was really funny becky pulled becky kept the paint purple ribbon but then she pulled we we've been you know it's covid so we've been going through things and cleaning out closets and you know, doing that so she had put that dress that she wears in because it doesn't fit her anymore in the recycling like to go to charity and she was like oh do you want that back we should keep that shouldn't we i'm like well i'm like i don't know if I we mean, need to keep it, it or not it, it'll go into a like a uh, uh, planet hollywood one day sure but it well that was how my wife was talking and i was like when, when you're when you're skeptical english wife who literally like has so much cynicism <laughs> valuable one day is all of a sudden like you should keep this stuff you know, and it's like, really, yeah. do you, you're starting, you're, st- are you starting to believe, you know, like, and she does. And my family well, like does. I, my family- yeah. Like, like, like I told you, man, like I, I, I was so proud of you. Like, um, I, you know, I've been gushing a lot. Every other text message has been like, oh man, I love you, brother. This is like so great, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so but, like, uh, but, but I, yeah, I definitely feel that way. I think it's, um, it's a momentous occasion. And I think. In a way, it hasn't hit you entirely. Maybe because you haven't yet had the like years of submitting, 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 and rejecting, rejecting, rejecting. But, yeah, uh, I mean, this is pretty huge. Well, and that's that's the thing. Like people say that to me, and I and I respect that. I totally, especially after watching things like the Clapboard Jungle, I respect that. But what most people don't know about me, and, and where I'd kind of counter on that is, listen. My day job has thrown more rejection in my face than most people right. get in their whole lives. Right. I, I was a failed lawyer, okay? I went to law school the first time and dropped out. Um, don't ask me why I dropped out. It was I didn't like the school. I didn't like a lot of things at the time. Um, and then I took on a, a, a 12-hour-a-day job as a financial advisor after that, thinking I would like it better. You know, lived in Korea, then went back to law. You know, the, the words no often come out of people's <laughs> yeah. mouths. It's, uh, it's, it's a familiar word. You know, no, it's I, very true. And I, and I was saying to you the other day, and I, and I still stand by it, that um, I think a lot of, um, you know, our potential success or, or uh, maybe, you know, a, a unique selling point for us is is very much the experience that we've had and, and the fact that we've lived lives beyond filmmaking. Um, and I think that, that makes us better filmmakers. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last night, like... Film, to be honest with you, is not necessarily a steady source of income. So, you know, the first thing I learned from Liam Regan and Katie Bonham and and the rest in the group was don't give up your day job. So you have a decent day <laughs> job. You, 
you know, otherwise you were just constantly having to wing it from one project to the other without knowing, you know, whether or not you're going to get that money that you need to keep it going. So that's what I'm saying. Like for me, I've, I've got a day job I like, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard, but I'm good at it. I've been doing it a long time and I'm pretty sure I have a career in that for as long as I want. So I'll keep doing that and I'll keep doing the film thing. And if at some point I make enough money, you know, the, the next hope for me is to get enough money that I can build the actual studio, which we've, you know, Ed and I have talked about having a shop front for the D&D and Magic the Gathering stuff we like so that we can have oh. people come and play. Um, and then the back will be our studio where we can, you know, fully develop concepts, ideas and, and film more things. So, you know, that's the dream. And that's where I hope to be three, three years from now. Um, if we don't get there, it's not the end of my world, but I'll be somewhere in three but years. But it is the end of my world. Well, it's just that's the thing. Like if one opportunity doesn't work, we'll just find another. You know, I'm not I'm I guess that's the thing. The only thing that kind of got me about Fright Fest is talking to the filmmakers was how downbeat a lot of them were. And I yeah, get yeah. the scene sucks, man. And that, mm. you know, right now, indie and mid-level films just aren't getting made. But it'll change like it always changed. And if it doesn't change, then figure out how to make it change. One thing I love about the story of film Again, talking about that, I'm a nine hours in guy of like a, a fifteen hour, <laughs> a fifteen hour documentary. Like you're every you're single, welcome for the it, torture. <laughs> exactly, every era you go through is designed by someone breaking the mold of what was before. Them. Mm-hmm. So break the mold. You know, you've got coronavirus right now. That means people are watching content from their homes. Somebody broke the mold and just made it from Shutter to like U.S. release. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's not impossible. Is it rare? Of course, it's rare. Like that's just the way the best in life things go. And I guess maybe I've had that in other things in my life. So I'm like, listen, if it wasn't, if it wasn't rare, then it wouldn't be so worth doing. You know what I mean? Like, amen. Sorry, but the competition and and the fact that everybody's film doesn't get seen is what makes you desperate to make sure people see your films. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it makes it worthwhile. I'm just saying, don't get so depressed about it. Like it's one of the coolest things as far as a life practice you yeah. could, you know, I do agree with all those guys, and there were at least half a million of those that were like, "Don't get into film if you want to get rich." Like, that's not what we're talking about on this podcast. That's not what we're ever. We would love to be rich from our filmmaking because it would just make the whole shebang easier. But in the same sense, that's not what's going to happen, guys. Like, that's not how it works. We're not our first project. You know, it, it was funny. I, I'm getting paid for a gig um, that we're doing later in January. And it was my first paid gig and I went crazy about it until I turned to Ed and I said, the only problem is if we need to hire somebody in that, that we don't have and I can't convince the other producer, I'm just going to take my money and say, okay, use this to bring that person in. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So that's my, yeah. th- instead of it being my payment money, it's now my, my negotiation money. money. It's yeah. like my, <laughs> okay, you can take that you were going to give me and you need to call this person to make sure they show up tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's what it has, how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And so, you know, that's why I'm a big fan of, as I said, even though I don't watch a ton of his films, Guillermo del Toro, the stories of him production-wise are legendary. And he was in the Clapboard Jungle, Ed. You'd love that. Like, you know, that's... I'm going to have to check that out. He has time for people like that. And I just... That's that's filmmaking, guys. Like, that's the part you love, okay? And I'm not involved in TV. I'm not involved in the other stuff. So I don't know the pressures that big budget and all that has. At this moment, and Ed always brings this up to me, we just savor being indie filmmakers because it's fun. Yes. It's really, really fun. It is. It is. It is. So just to keep things moving, um, and because I want to talk about some of my favorite indie filmmakers, we are going to go mm-hmm. on now to talk about Adam Stovall's 
Um, Cincinnati resident like myself, although I think he lives in Queens now, but from Cincy like myself. So I was over the moon when this guy came, showed his movie at Glasgow, Fright Fest Glasgow, and then gushed during the, uh, the Q&A. But we are going to talk about his film, mm-hmm. A Ghost Waits. And I'm actually going to get very quiet for a while because I want to get impressions from Ed. So let's start. Let's do what we used to do. Let's start with the uh, the visuals. What did you think of the visuals? What did um, you like? What I... didn't you like? Um, I thought that the black and white was an interesting choice. Um, it, it, it reminded me of the classic, you know, Cronenberg and Kevin Smith and, and, you know, even early Lynch stuff. So it kind of, it oozes, uh, indie film, uh, Mm. to me. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to, to find out if you ever get a chance to ask him. Um, if, if it was a choice early on or if it was a kind of, you know, like retrospectively in the edit kind of thing. I believe, and, and we may get him on the podcast. I may ask him to come and come and join us for an episode to give us kind of more detail. But from what I remember, what he said in the interviews, um, it was in post that this got decided. So they have a color version. They didn't like right. it, and so they went with the, the black and white version instead, yeah. which is a, a genuine choice. He, you know, I'm sorry. Keep going with the visuals, Ed. Um, I think one of the reasons why I, I thought that might be the case was because um, in in trying to in shooting black and white versus shooting in color, um, it often isn't as simple as oh we'll shoot it in color and just make it black and white uh, because the the choices okay. that you make on costume and set design and stuff like that uh, is impacted by the fact that there isn't a kind of range in color. Um, but, um, I liked a lot of the framing. Um, there was some really beautiful lingering shots. There was one when he was eating dinner. Um, and then also when there was the, the door frame within the frame, when he was uh, with the guitar singing the song, really just very, very nice stuff. Clearly Adam is a lover of cinema. I think he's probably seen, you know, film and odyssey. He has apparently what was, uh, cause I follow, you know, these are the people you follow on Facebook. Um, and like I said, I don't know the guy really well, but obviously gushed, 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 gushed. And, and we did, you know, with Dandelion's opening, I opened up dialogue with him just being like, listen, man, it's my dream to be opening for your film. And he was so nice mm. and like showed it to, you know, he watched the film beforehand and said, Oh man, that's so good. And then passed it on to McCloyd, uh, McLeod, sorry, McLeod Andrew, who is the, who is the other producer slash actor on this. Um, but what I was going to talk about is if you follow his Facebook, he's got a podcast that is like the top three film history podcasts. Like, ah, there you go. That makes, you got to find sense. it's on his page somewhere and he posts about it. And I, I haven't listened to that many, but, but man, the, the guy can wax lyrical. He knows, he knows, he knows his cinema. The two, yeah, of, the, tell. the two of you would have some very interesting conversations. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I, he pulled off a shot that I've genuinely not seen, uh, pulled off in hardly any films, and that's the the point of view shot, where the camera is is the character, and you know they look down and they see their feet and and their ha- the hand comes out and stuff like that, and it's a really hard shot to pull off, but he used it in the dream sequences, mm. um, and I thought that using it in those worked really well, um, as a way to kind of disassociate it like it, it doesn't fit with with the other stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah visually i i thought you know what it's an indie film you can feel um 
that there wasn't a lot of money, but it looks good and it feels indie. It like ticks all the boxes visually. Good, good. Story wise, where were you? Um, uh, this is a tough one because, like, a part of me thinks it's really ingenious, and then another part of me is like, well, I guess it's a fairly basic story. But I really, I really engaged with it. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about acting later on, but McLeod was just, oh my God, he was just fire in this thing. Um, and so it was sweet and touching and scary and mm-hmm. like all, all of these things that, are honest to God, man, like I was watching and I was thinking, how where would I put this? And I thought Beetlejuice because, you know, the ghosts and the haunting and all that kind of thing, the bureaucracy element. Uh, but then my, my head went straight to one of, one of my all-time favorite films, Shaun of the Dead, because it has everything uh, that you would want in a horror romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Which I think this one does as well. Uh, it's very good. It's very good. What do you think? And spoilers... What do you think about the controversial ending? I was cheering at the end, and I'm not kidding. Um, so just just to clarify, and again, spoilers, um, but at the very end, uh, a character commits suicide. And I thought the ending was going to be very, like, oh, happily ever after, Right? Like I my I was I was done. I was like, oh, what a great film. And then I realize what's happening on screen. And my reaction was out loud, completely alone in my room, watching on my laptop. And out loud I say, No. No. Oh my god, no. Like the it, it wasn't like a shock twist or something like that. It was just the bravery of going there. And and I know it was controversial because it's suicide and and it it's it's a you know it's the kind of thing that can trigger someone and but you know we watched Midsummer recently and that that opens with one of the most horrific suicide scenes I've ever seen mm. in film uh, and and this one honestly I mean like my heart was kind of full of joy in, in that scene which can only be explained by how well the story took me and said look this is about love this is about connection and that I'd be cheering in that moment so and and this is where I'm I'm gonna go on a, a little bit of a rant here so indie filmmakers wake up by the way because if you've been sleeping through us talk about Fright Fest and, and it's going back to more of a general review this is something that that you'll want to hear because something I can say that I know. Listen, when he gave the interview at Glasgow, he was in tears. Um, and he's just that kind of guy. And if, if you come from where I come from in the Midwest, that's why I loved him right off the bat. Because where I come from, people are, you know, as much as I was saying podunk, blah, blah, blah before, the good side of where I come from is people are genuine. Okay, they wear mm-hmm. their hearts on their sleeve. That's part of the problem I have living out here is I just not, I just how I am. You know, um, and East Coasters, we tend to be a bit more aggressive than the Midwest. So even then, it's I mean, it just he came down and he explained. I think this was the third project that actually went through 
and it was like the first project fails, second project fails. And this is over long periods of time, him desperately trying to get some scrounge together so he can get stuff done, him and McLeod, from what I understand. And finally, he goes back home to Cincinnati, which is what we do. You know what I mean? It is one of those places you can always come back home. Like, And uh, I think his parents, you know, the exec- they're the executive producer, and I think they help him out on this. And they say, look, here's some oh. money. By the way, how adorable was the 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 intro at the beginning? It made me think of my uh, mom. You know, this is what oh, you guys totally. talking about. Like that's yeah, exactly. that's like my mom, and Adam. Aunt, like Aunt Gail. If you're happy listening birthday, to this, man, yeah, exactly. Like if you met my Aunt, Aunt Gail, happy birthday. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's just we get you, man. Like I was there. Like it yeah, just yeah. it makes me smile, and I hope to be working with you on whatever you're working on in the future, man. If you want to, like yeah. I just. Yeah, yeah. You really, if he called but, us, we'd drop what, everything. And, yeah, and we drop him. whatever we're doing to help you, man. So just just let us know. But um, what I'll say is he also went into big detail about how he felt. And that's mm. another thing I really appreciate. Because, again, Adam, if you're listening to this podcast, you realize I let it all out. This is where, this is my place to tell everyone how I feel about something or how I, and I don't really care how people react. Like, everywhere else, I'm careful on Facebook. I'm careful everywhere. But Man, I got a shitload of opinions on this show and a shitload of heart. Like, that's just why I made this show, so I could kind of tell you about my filmmaking experience with Ed, who's been my best friend in arms for years now, and kind of gets how to guide the conversations where they need to go. Because we're going, as I said, it was going to be a rant. So, <laughs> so you, you weren't lying. Adam says, like, listen, man, like, I had all these feelings about not feeling good enough. I had all of these feelings about, you know, not being worth anything because I just couldn't get anything done with the thing i wanted to do with my life and like dude what you don't understand because you were like half crying when you told us this like i would say there's a lot of us that are like that okay Mm. even if we look like we've got it all sorted out man so Mm. when you put mcleod's character the way you did and the way he just has no connection to anything i can at least think of two or three times in my life where i felt the same way That I just felt, and I felt like it was a generational thing. I felt like my parents' generation, even my sister's generation, my sister's a Gen Xer, like they had a place in this world. But I feel like millennials, it's like we're just kind of always getting the scraps from everybody else Mm. because everyone's living longer and everybody's making more money except us. And so Mm. when this guy's like, nobody talks to me, no one cares about me, I was like, yeah, Mm. welcome to the the modern world. You know what I mean? Like, welcome to the modern world. So... My whole some point. Some of that. Some of some of that writing was was. Ooh, the reason like in, on, in indie filmmakers, point. the reason it works is because he's telling you how he feels, and he didn't know when he wrote that just how much that would connect with so many people yeah. out there, and it has. I mean, this had a standing ovation at Glasgow. Go check the Facebook boards again Brilliant. for how it played at 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 the I digital mean, I, edition. Everybody loved I, this, aside yeah, from a few people. You know what I mean? There's always going to be a couple. I, I told you, man. When uh, like. Um, uh, like after I after I saw it, we I, we we got on the phone and stuff, and I said like I remember watching Whiplash at the Busan International Film Festival, and just being fucking blown away, and not since then have I felt yeah. so blown away by I mean, a film Ge- and it, genuinely. And it felt like and it wasn't, but it felt so personal Ed, because I was yes, like I have yeah. been lost like that before, and I know. And this is the point I will make about the suicide. So this is the point where I get opinionated because. I get it can be a trigger for something. I am somebody who's attempted suicide, so it's not like I don't understand, okay? The problem is, like, part of suicide is the feeling of helplessness. It's like, I don't have any other choice. That's what's different about this. He feels 
Like, he has one choice he can actually make. And that's mm. why I was like, you know what? Like, it's a movie, guys. Like, no, we wouldn't, of course, encourage anyone to kill themselves no, to be no, with a ghost. Like, yeah. we don't want anybody to hurt themselves or do anything like that. But for the purposes of the movie, this guy was saying, like, I am so lost. I am so without anybody. If this is the only thing that, that actually talks to me and cares about me, why wouldn't I give up everything just to be with it? Mm. And as a guy, yeah. you know, as I said, I'm a narcissist, so I can put everything back to me. <laughs> um, as a guy who lives 1500 miles away from his family because I loved a woman, like don't shit on that. Okay. Like mm. that's a big call and it hurts. Powerful. It's hard. It's hard. You know what I mean? Mm. But you do it because you want to, you do it because you feel it's a choice that you can actually make and that, you know, that you think is worth something. And so that's what I, that's where I related in the movie. Cause I was like, you know, I may not be, I didn't kill myself to go to England. And England certainly wasn't suicide, but I know what it is to I give I mean, up. you know, thinking about some of the food. Well, you know, it just was, it was, it was a sacrifice. Like I knew I was giving yeah. up a big, big, I didn't quite know how much I was giving up. You know, I'd like mm. to see like, you know, a ghost waits part two, the honeymoon phase is over and see how that goes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God. I would fund that. Kickstart that shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean this is eternity? It's it, it goes back to the worst the worst ending of any book. A book I liked. So I read all the Twilight books. I love a romance, okay? And it was like the books to me were infinitely better than the films, at least the first film. And so, you know, Robert Patterson looking <laughs> awesome as the Batman. So you, you don't worry, man. I, I think you're a great actor now. But at the time I was like, wow, this is really being made for the teens. So I read the books and I was like, ah, the books are a bit better. They were still for the tweens. Yeah, they're still a bit piney. You know, it's definitely like a, 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 a someone who wanted to be with Edward Cullen. So okay, cool. But then the ending, right? So they're both this glimmery. Now they're both glittery. And if you haven't read these spoilers. Um, they're both the glittery happy vampires. They have this like now rapidly raised growing child like this is the oh, weird dude, bit that was weird just weird and then all three of them live happily ever after in oh, the cottage in the forest me. like with, may, with I, their pet with their pet werewolf yeah i mean I've, I've been married 11 years been with my girl for 15 um you gotta work through some of those times and uh mm. the idea of spending eternity together like that's gonna be tough mate that's just um mm. It's not it's not that I don't think you couldn't be happy. I just think, you know, the, the antithesis to us was last lovers left alive like that, I think, tells the oh, better yes. story of what uh, is the, vamp the vampire movie. Yes. Yeah. With uh, Tilda Swindon and, and like what? You know, I think it's Jim Jarmusch. So you can't go wrong with that yes, guy. He's crazy. Right. So I'm not so yeah. sure. That's why I'm saying Ghost Waits, the sequel might not be a movie you want to watch. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see <laughs> what Adam be, comes it up would with. Be like, it would be like Marriage Story. Yeah. Ghost, ghost story. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what I mean. It's just like it is. It, that's why it's a movie, guys. Like the feeling is what you're supposed to get from it. The psychology, not the. You know, this is what happens. This is where you know I start getting in fights with Star Wars fans again because it's like, guys, it's not real. Like, calm down. <laughs> it's not real. You know, none of it is real. It's all fake. Wow, isn't that interesting? All right, so story. That's where I was with it. What do you think about the music, Ed? The music, um, okay, Th I fucking love the music. Rich Bain, who I'm sure you followed through all the Facebook posts, is a buddy of mine from Glasgow. Yeah, We've, yeah, yeah. we've been Fright Fest buddies for a long time. He might do some of our sound stuff if I can get him around oh, to doing awesome. it. Um, but he got asked. He he made friends with Adam as well. I remember seeing the two of them sitting up at um, 
you know, we all went out for drinks last night. And I think it was the two of them. I remember talking when I said goodnight, went back to the hotel. And like, yeah, it just so happened that he got on the project for it. So, um, yeah, so yeah so I loved I loved that track. And also um, the song when when she starts singing. Oh, my God, my heart melted. I genuinely started crying at that moment. I, in that, that must be something really cool. I mean, that's traditional like Cincinnati oldie timey music. Like I grew up with that yeah. music. Like when you go to the festival. So if you go to one of the coolest things you can do in Cincinnati is called Tall Stacks. It's when they bring all the steamboats back. Um, you know, because that's when Cincinnati was a famous place. It was a steamboat capital. So all the steamboats mm. come back into port on the river and they have all these events for four or five days oh, that's cool. with the old timey like music. And listen, yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. the heyday for Cincinnati. So we still hold on to that as part of our roots, you know? And yeah. so you still, and, um, Na- Natalie Walker singing that song as well. Like what a voice. Yeah, phenomenal actress, right? Wowzers. She's, yeah. I don't know as much about her. I, I didn't know whether she was local or not. Um, I said Andrew McLeod, or McLeod Andrew, sorry, everybody talks about him now. Um, and if you're listening to this, McLeod, like, yes, everyone talks about you as, like, the next big thing. So hopefully you are, man. That'd be really cool. I mean, dude, like, let, can we talk about him for a minute? Yeah, so, Sam, we uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to, to both Mitch Bain and This Is How I Want It Done in a Film, Integrated. Integrated, integrated. The, the film, the sound is such a crit- critical part of the film. It should do what you guys were doing where it plays into the scenes and plays out mm. of the scenes. It should never be just background music, in my view. That's just my view. So thanks, um, but let's get into the acting, Ed, because I know you want to mm. talk. Oh my god! Like I am, I, I, I want to have this man's babies. Um, in terms of just like absolute naturalism to his delivery, to incredible comic timing, and like genuine emotion in in every scene where he has to deliver. That's right. The closest thing I could think of, Ed, and I knew you were going to love this guy because I was like, why do I know that Ed's going to love this guy? And then I thought of Paul Dano. And I was like, mm. he kind of reminds me of Paul Dano from Swiss Army okay. Man because he has yes. that ability in a really strange way to be completely millennial. So he is, yes. that's the that's the no, I'm not scared. That That is how we are. We all watched horror movies yeah. growing up. Our parents... Like, this is the funny thing. Every horror director on these behind the scenes was like, you don't understand. I got I got started early. Like, dude, I've stopped saying that because we all say that every person that works as a horror filmmaker, like started watching their shit at six. It wasn't just us, guys. It was our awful parents, you know, that like just thought <laughs> it was OK for a six year old. It's to fine. Tommy knockers. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. The exorcist who cares. <laughs> yeah. So, so getting around that, that is why a millennial like him is going to be like, I'm not scared in the slightest. Sorry. I kind of knew this was coming. You know what I mean? Like but he'll be more trying great, to figure- great timing, um, with his, with his delivery. And, and you could really tell that, um, the, the, the director that Adam, uh, who, who'd also written the script uh, with someone else. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you could really tell that it was his voice, and that McLeod was like just delivering it as if it was as if it was him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like the, the that's where the writer and the and the actor like connect, and it feels like it's their yeah, words. Yeah, you, you were watching the behind the. We were talking on the phone while the behind the scenes were going on. So you remember what he was talking because you said it was like a jungle gym that that Adam would set up these jungle gyms for him to play in, and he just had to get mm. used to kind of walking into those worlds and figuring out the best way and you know typical of a good actor and i say this because i I watched a lot of adam drivers 
interviews because I really think he's, you know, an amazing actor. And I just kind of want to, you know, I don't have a lot of experience around actors. I'm, you know, going to start doing um, some acting classes just to get a feel for it. And Oh, and, that's awesome. Well, you good. have to, you have to kind of, because I need to know, you know, I need to be able to relate to them on, 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 on the level. And it's not an easy job, you know what I, I mean? Think, I, think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it as well. So don't, don't do what I did though. Don't, don't take part in a Shakespeare production. Oh, that's dude. I got to, I got to Shakespeare's my life. <laughs> it was opening a dandelions. That was Shakespeare. Um, yeah. so, Oh, can I just say as well? Cause I want to put it on the podcast for posterity. Okay. Hearing, hearing my voice as, uh, as, as Oberon and thinking, fuck man, like my voice on Fright Fest. That's so cool. That I know. Like yeah, no, I mean, a special moment and a me. lot of people did ask that. They were like, who did the voiceovers on that? And then, I mean, it does lay into that awesome story. I get to talk about the triple layering and being like, how was Ed? Mm-hmm. That's three Eds talking at the same time. Yeah. So, it's a lot of Ed. Yeah. Sorry, uh, but we're talking about McLeod, though. He just, he was doing the Adam Driver. He was saying, I wasn't happy with the performance. He was like, I could have done better with mm-hmm. this. I could have, and, and mate, you knocked right, it out of typical. the park. Like, yeah. You, the fact that you're saying it just makes me want to cast you even more. It's like, oh, Yeah, God. no, no. I Like, I would cast him in fucking anything man like if we were doing an indiana jones reboot i'd cast him if we were doing a fucking uh, james bond i'd cast him uh like everything whatever well, i think he can do it all <laughs> well if he'll work for work for well our our rates which are ridiculously low <laughs> and um we'll, we'll we'll pay him in compliments exactly right and and i and like i have was, a really yeah. really nice house in surrey man you could totally see english countryside Crash from my man. house like yeah. this was we'll this was you to a, we'll this take was, you to a pub this, this was ed's we'll ed's, show you we'll show you what a fight looks ed's, like ed's words to producer yesterday and i said oh, i'm talking to adam i'm talking to mcleod and he was like good make sure they know they have somewhere to stay when they come down to london i'm like oh yes i'll just um Thank you for pimping out my house. But yes, Adam, uh, McLeod, and, and Mitch, if you ever come down, man, like, I have a beautiful... Expert. They're all welcome to the shitty couch in my living room. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually your mom will be on because you live with your parents, right. you know? Like, yeah, sorry, man, exactly. like, not shitting on you, I'm just saying, like... No. no, that's fine, dude. As long as McLeod's like, cool getting cozy, like, you know... I Annie's cool, you know, she's, she's always room for one more. Um, <laughs> your mom... <laughs> your mom annie i love you um no i mean we're talking about my house because this is where ed stays all the time anyway um i have a guest bedroom that's huge it has the best it really sucks oh, because it has the bed. it has the best bed in the house we're all really pissed off about that because i can't get it upstairs and uh, my <laughs> wife like when my wife's mad at me that's when she goes to sleep to be like i'm taking the comfy bed you can sleep on that piece of shit yeah, upstairs yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, I mean, honestly, like, and, and that goes for anybody we work with creatively, but the three of you are always welcome to come stay here for like Fright Fest or, or when you come down and stuff like that. Um, I just, honestly, Ed, I was thinking that McLeod would be great for, for sacrifice. So I may shoot him over the I script hate, and Like say, I say, man, honestly, send him everything we've got. <laughs> like, I want him, I want him to play... My 19-year-old Salvadorian All grandmother. Right, so we'll we'll keep like, we'll keep Ed, we'll keep Ed at arm's length from you at first, just until he gets used to your <laughs> used to the glow around you. But um, I will drop you some stuff, man, because yeah, if, I mean, I don't know if you're getting you know getting your Hollywood stuff done now and you're moving up the ladder, then you might not have time for it. But uh, you know, we'd love yeah. to have you. But at any rate, so the acting, yeah, is is probably the best part of a Ghost Waits, to be honest. The story's good, and uh, yeah, and let's 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 not forget also uh, Natalie Walker. Natalie Walker, played, uh, uh, 
uh, yeah, Muriel, um, uh, yes. the ghost. And, and I mean, to be fair, every person acting in that film, because there are two other characters that have, you know, active speaking parts. And then Adam, Adam's on the phone. That's that's the yeah. manager. And I ah, thought we he was found, quite we, funny We found well. you out, yeah. And he does a little cameo as well. He's the one I saw who that finds the, end, the body, finds the the body end, at the yeah. end, right? I recognize yeah. it. I was like, oh, God, that is Adam. Um, and uh, Sidney Volmer, who played, uh, was it Rosie? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, I mean, that's the, the other guys. really cool part is like the other thing that Becky Becky liked about it. So my wife loved this. She fell asleep halfway through, but it was only because she was really tired. It was not because she didn't like it. And she says she's like, she kind of asked me about distribution, which I didn't know. And I said, when it comes out on DVD, obviously we'll have it or VOD. We'll have it as soon as it's on iTunes. That's I buy everything on iTunes now. So as soon as it's on the Apple store, let me know. And I will we will have a copy for the house to play on the Apple TV. Um, but what I would say is like the Beetlejuice aspects, and I'm sure you've gotten this a million times from people, but it was very Beetlejuice because it's the only other film I can think of where they have, or Grim Fandango is the, the video mm. game that was made that has like an administration after death. Yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. I mean, I almost want to make a film just about that myself because I am yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it's a great concept. You know, I'm sure the concept of that bureaucracy is is alive. And, you know, God knows it'll be the big shock when we all kick it and we're like, oh, no more paperwork. Oh, no, a cue. Yeah. So so that was that was cool. Um so we've been through cast, we've been through music, we've been through what else do we do normally? Is there an o- overall I think it's the only thing left, right? Yeah, I think so. So I mean for me that gives a big thumbs up. Like I wouldn't score it or anything like that. I would just say go and see this freaking movie. It's going to be one of the better yeah. horror films if not the best horror film you're going to see in the next you know at least 3 to 5 years. It's not strictly a horror film either, so couple people at Fright Fest that go and just expect every Fright Fest film now to be one big gore fest, gore fest yeah. splatter fest it's not that at all very few people get hurt this, in this is one. Uh, again if you like Shaun of the dead watch this mm-hmm. you know if you like the frighteners if you like uh, beetlejuice watch this film if you like romeo uh, and juliet watch this that's yeah yeah that's, beautifully romantic as that's well. that's yeah. what i mean like that's what i like about it i'm oh, that's probably one of my favorite films slash plays of all time you know it's like and it just a good love story is hard to find anymore yeah for me, uh, you know, whenever, you know, when you watch, uh, like, a great film at a festival, it's it's wonderful be- to introduce it to people, you know, because likelihood is it's it's not going to be, like, a, a, a massive, uh, you know, uh, uh, film uh, with international distribution that's easy to, to watch. Mm. But when you find, like, a great film, like, I'm going to be talking about this film for years to come i think mm, i would agree no and i hope it does get distribution and this is something that that you know how did canal plus do uh let the right one in i mean that's that's the level we're talking here guys it doesn't look obviously it had a much much smaller that's the other thing i have to shout out to adam for and where i do you know birds of a feather obviously i'm not making features like you are man but I love, from an indie standpoint what you show people because it's i just everyone focuses on budget and it's like, I need more money. Like, no, you don't. You, if, if you need more money, then you need to go back to the script and back to how you're filming. Like, there's always a way to make something, you know, mm. that you can get away with. And and you just, you captured that, Adam. You you really had a script that worked, you know. And, and like Ed says, it's not like it's an idea that no one's ever heard of. But I think why it works for you is you poured your soul into this, man. And it just mm. was so obvious that you had dealt with all of these mm. feelings before because you, they were accurate and they were exactly how people bounce from these things you know and how how someone rolls with them so you took that instead of money 
and you made a great film. And that's the type of films, at least from my standpoint, that's that's my modus operandi, man. Like that is the types of films I want to make. I a big budget film would be great someday as like a wow, this is the either the twilight of my career or this is a lot different than when I started. But as it is now as an indie filmmaker, I am all about getting like five grand together and making the best, you know, whatever I can do with that, as opposed mm. to waiting out for that two million that, you know, may not come. And so mm. cheers to you, man, because there was so much downbeat, you know, oh, we're not going to get these films made because no one will fund it. Like the benefit mm. is you don't need a ton of money anymore. You just need no. an idea and, 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 and what Adam did, you know, a, a, a great set of actors put it together and a, and a drive to get it done and he did um, yeah a drive drive to go and get it done exactly and can i just add like on on a personal note um it's funny because we started talking about um this feature script that i've been talking about for forever um conversations with my father and uh it's funny because we we kind of talked it through the other day and it it felt really great. And then watching this, it was very inspirational. It was like... I hope so. Yes, because cause we have you said... Can, you, yeah, I mean, we have said with, with you know, as it says on our website, like we've said a, a conversation with, with, with my father was going to be, is going to be like a, a take on a matter of life and death. Uh, just a great British mm. film if you haven't seen it. But that was a big budget film, Ed. Like that was... Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, God, the special effects in that back in the 40s, like Jesus, yeah, yeah. right? Um, yeah. However, I hope watching last night says like if you want to do this with a handy cam and a mm. different a slightly different approach, we keep the soul of this in there. The discussions mm. we're having because yeah. this is all about conversations we would be having. You know, Ed's father's not around anymore. So the, the big crux for this is Ed's writing about conversations he would have with his father. Um, but we found out just through some of our talking about our backgrounds that there's actually some of the conversations I've had or I would have had with my father if I didn't have, if I wasn't so scared to have the conversation, you know, to, to raise it with him. So this is the thing. There's a core there that we think that's what people are going to latch onto. Like that's the concept mm. that we know that people are going to be like, Oh, I can relate to that. Um, mm. And, and if you do it, the Adam Stovall style, style, Ed, just, just, you know, we're, we're doing a Kevin Smith here we're pitching to ourselves on the, on, on air. But like, if we were, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're doing an Adam Stovall, we wouldn't take a ton of money. We would do it low key and just figure out how to get that sentiment through through the acting, you know, and through through I mean, you know, camera position was another thing that worked for a ghost weights. You know what I mean? Like you said, the mm. framing makes it work because it all it's not claustrophobic by any means. It just all it it just worked. It was just framed. Yeah. There was always something, you know, it, it was the way he played foreground, middle ground, background. Yeah, I mean that yeah, is yeah. that is your palette, right? Dead. Dead, dead space as well. He used that really, really That's well. right. Like, he had an understanding. What what gets me is watching some of the other films over the weekend where there's such a... And it's funny I'm saying this, guys. As I said, it's not like I'm some sort of brilliant filmmaker. But there's such a lack of understanding of spacing in their filming. Yeah, yeah. And it's no, like no, you've got... True. Like, you have these people talking in the foreground and then everything in the background is blurry. And it's like, haven't you seen the films where this doesn't happen? Where this is a really good way to make an establish... You know, to establish something. Yeah. And I just or, remember, or also cat cat camera movement is a massive thing. So many people just throw camera movement into their films without rhyme or reason, and it's like, oh no, you're missing the point. <laughs> it's funny. I was just reading about Cindy Pollock doing that on one of his films, and he said, "I made the cameraman constantly move the camera. I didn't know why. I just wanted to see what it would do." And it was like <laughs> in a whole film, the camera's moving. It's it's. He's like, I had a really good cinematographer, so you don't notice yeah. it that much, but. 
that was when I decided that's how I was going to learn that. I think it was either it was either Sidney Pollack or it might have been Roger Borman, um, because I finished Roger Borman is the first interview in in that book you gave me. Oh, masterclass! Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I try to read it's, one a it's night. It's good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like 15, 20 different takes on filmmaking, all with yeah. all by geniuses. You know, guys who do it really well. So. And so I'm going to wrap up this episode of what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? And and thank you so much. Like I said, I'm going to drop this. Um, If you've been listening, hopefully you've been listening from the Fright Fest group. Hopefully we have some new subscribers over the weekend that, that kind of found out the things that we're doing. Um, And I hope you appreciate this. It's a bit rambly. We do that every so often just to talk about the things that, that matter to us in the life of filmmakers and to talk about this amazing film, Adam Stowell's A Ghost Waits. Like I said, keep an eye out for it when it comes to the festival circuit near you. You must go see this. Like it's must, a must watch. You must, must go see watch. this. Must go see this film, and you must tell anybody you know to go see this film because he needs distribution. Like this is not a film that shouldn't be distributed. It's and, kind of criminal that it doesn't have distribution exactly, at the minute. Exactly, and I think he's working on it. I'm pretty sure, but you know, it's the kind of thing. Don't make this guy's life harder than it needs to be. It's a good film. It's been well made. It should put this guy on the next step of the ladder. What he does after that is entirely his own. And that's what you learn in the filmmaking business. However, for now, guys, like, let's help these guys out and get the word out as much as possible about a ghost waits. Okay? Amen. All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. And yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, boy. It's beautiful, no doubt.